The following audio is from Downtown Church, a kingdom-focused, gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com. Our scripture this morning comes from Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. 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 It's Christmas season, right? So can y'all help me sing real quick? You better watch out. You better not shout. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. And Santa Claus ain't coming. Jesus. Amen. I just... I just want to Jesus joke y'all real quick. Um, good morning and welcome to Downtown Church. What a special morning it is this Christmas Eve. And this is the last Sunday of Advent uh, where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And you may be wondering, why did we just read Revelations and not Matthew or Luke? And it's because we won't, we believe that the entire Bible tells the story of the one who was first promised and the one who finally came. And we have spent the last four weeks, we began in Genesis where we saw the Savior promised. Then we went to Isaiah where we saw the Savior prepared. And last week we were in Matthew 1 where we saw the Savior provided. And this morning in Revelations we will see the Savior praised. 
So before turning to God's word and looking at what um, revelations might have for us to hear, will you just bow in a quick word of prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that has already been said. Lord, we, I thank you personally, Lord, that we are able to come into this space feeling every emotion, good or bad, happy or sad. And as, as it's already been said, God, you know exactly where we are. You can relate with us. Hebrew says we have a high priest who is able to sympathize with all of our weaknesses. And Lord, you are the one who is able to help us. So God, we just come to you asking you to help us, asking you to, to um, um, give us the grace that we need to just make it through one more day. But Lord, right now, as we turn to your word, I truly pray, Holy Spirit, that you allow us to hear from you. Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you move in our hearts and minds, set free, save, deliver, rebuke, do the work that you need to do in this hour, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I want to tag this message, he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. But what makes something or someone worthy of our attention, our praise, our money, our time, our thoughts, our resources, or concerns? What makes something or someone worthy? We have all experienced that person in our lives that we don't particularly enjoy being around. Maybe it's the person sitting next to you. Don't look at the person. Maybe it's your coworker. We all got that one coworker just, woo, every time they clock in, we just, Lord, help me. Or maybe it's their classmate. You're trying to study, but they're trying to be the class clown. And every time they in school, you just get so frustrated. Or maybe it's your teammate who keep making you have to, to run extra laps because your one teammate just can't get right. But you have come to this place in your life where you said, you know what? I'm not going to let this person affect me anymore. I'm not going to let their actions, what they think, how they act, affect me because they aren't worthy of my peace. In 2009, Bitcoin, the, the, the world's first cryptocurrency, launched, and, and many, there was this buzz going around saying, you need to invest in this new thing called Bitcoin. You can become rich if you invest in it right now. But many financial advisors spoke against it, saying that this is a scam. It's fake. It isn't worth your money or time. Well, Bitcoin only took two years to be worth $1, and if you was to try to buy one Bitcoin now that you could have bought for $1, it now costs $43,000. So I think it's safe to say Bitcoin was worth the investment. If you're a steak lover like me and Chester, you can go to Outback Steakhouse, and the most expensive steak at Outback Steakhouse is, is this porterhouse, which is the perfect combination of a New York strip and a filet mignon. It's the best in both worlds, all on one plate. And the most expensive steak at Outback Steakhouse costs $33, and it comes with two sides. Wow. But if you was to take your pocketbook to Roof Crisp, and experience a finer dining experience, you can't get a salad for $33. 
in fact, the most expensive steak at Ruth Crisp is, is the Tomahawk ribeye, this 40-ounce Tomahawk ribeye, which has been marveled to perfection to provide the most succulent and delicious, delicate bite you can taste. And it doesn't cost $33. It actually costs $149, and you have to buy the sides separately. So... Uh, Average person may say, you know what, I'm just going to go to Outback and get me a well-done steak. That's how y'all do it, Outback. Y'all like y'all steaks well done. And you might say, no steak is worth paying $140. But somebody else who have tasted and seen the goodness of this, of this tomahawk real bad will fight you and say, this steak is worth every dime and every cow. <laughs> what makes something worthy? The truth is, we don't give our time or money to things and people that we don't find worthy. But my problem with this word, worthy, is that it just seems so subjective. Something may be worthy to you, but it's not worthy to you. So my question this morning is, on this Christmas Eve, is what or who, without a shadow of a doubt, is worthy to be praised? The book of Revelations is, is a vision given to John, one of Jesus' 12 disciples. And Jesus and God gave this vision to John for John to give to God's people. And the providential timing of this book is very important because it was written in 90 A.D. And if you were to look at church history, church history tells us that in 90 AD, Christians, God's church was actually being persecuted. People was being martyred. People were being killed because of their faith in Jesus. And if you escaped the persecution, you were now living as an, ex as an exile, living as an immigrant in a foreign land. So you would argue that... Many Christians around Christmas didn't have much to be thankful for, to rejoice for. You might even wonder if these Christians being persecuted, if they consider it Jesus being someone worthy to be praised. Yet when we look at the book of Revelations, Jesus immediately in chapter 1 begins by introducing himself again to John. And in verse 8, Jesus says, you want to know who I am? I am the Alpha and Omega, who is and was and is to come. I'm the Almighty. Jesus begins Revelations by setting the stage for us to know no matter what you Face, no matter where you are, remember who I am. Jesus says, I'm the great I am, whose very presence is the fullness of joy and satisfaction. I'm the alpha and omega, which means I'm the first and the last. I am the one who sits outside of time. I'm the one who told the first second in human history to tick. That's who I am. I'm almighty. And Jesus being who he is, he has promised those who follow him a list of blessings that makes him worthy to be praised. But this morning, I, I don't want to focus on the blessings, but I want to argue with you that the real reason why we should devote our lives and our love to worship this one true God is simply because who this God is. And that's the main idea of the sentence, the, the sermon today in one sentence is this. God deserves our praise for all that he has done and for all that he is. 
And I know I'm just getting started, but over the next couple of minutes, I just want to share with you just a couple of reasons why Jesus is worthy to be praised. And reason number one, the Lord is worthy of praise because he is the creator. He is the creator. So we just read chapter five, but I want to back us up to chapter four. Because John, the writer, says that I was having a vision and I saw a door that was open. And when I walked through that door, it was heaven. And when I walked through this door, I was in, the, in a divine, holy congregation meeting. I was standing before the throne of God. And the one who was sitting on the throne looked like Jasper. It was a rainbow surrounding his throne. It was majestic. It was this excellent vision. And beside that, the one throne were 24 smaller thrones. And on these thrones were seated 24 elders. And these 24 elders had on white robes, but to my surprise, they had on these golden crowns on their head. This was a majestic scene. This was a sight to behold, but this wasn't the, the most impressive thing. But John says, when I looked again, I saw four living creatures. And these four living creatures had eyes all in the front of their head and in the back. They each had six wings. One looked like an ox. One looked like a lion. One looked like an eagle. And as I was thinking about these four living creatures, I thought to myself, if we were to see one of these four living creatures today, what would our reaction be? If a lion, six-winged creature fly in here right now, what would our reaction be? Some of y'all will run. Some of y'all have the flight response. Y'all will run. Some of y'all have the freeze response. Y'all would freeze. But, but as I was really thinking about this, I was thinking if, if, if these creatures, if we were to behold these creatures, they are majestic in their own way, and many of us would actually worship these creatures. We just got through reading Exodus, and we saw all of the foolish things that the Egyptian people worship. Human mankind has a long history with worshiping not-so-good things. People worship frogs. People worship beauty. People worship um, um, trees. People worship all types of crazy things. And I will bet that if we were to see these four living creatures, many of us will worship these four living creatures because they are majestic in their own way. But John said, when I saw these four living creatures who were worthy of worship for themselves, these four living creatures in the presence of God never ceased to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy is this God who sits on the throne. 
To be holy means to be set apart. No one or nothing can, can come close to you. Nothing, nothing um, 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 is, is on your level in a sense. And I couldn't help but think about Simone Biles, the, the Olympic gymnast who, who many say is the greatest of all time and she's still going strong because she, have, she already has seven Olympic medals and 30 rare championship medals. And in 2016, she won gold in the Olympics. And, and if you remember, she went back in 2020 to win again, but she got hurt in her first event, so she decided to just take some time off. She said, I'm going to get my health right. I'm going to get my mental health right. So she took about two years off, and when she came back for her first competition, many people thought that, it was, that, that she was going to be a little rusty. It was going to take her some time to kind of get back into the groove. But to everybody's surprise, she blew everybody out the water and got gold in every category. And I couldn't help but think, can't nobody touch this girl. She, in a sense... Is holy. She she is set apart. She is so so beyond everyone else in her category. And hear these four living creatures say, "Holy, holy, holy, is the one true God. He's worthy to be worshipped." Then the text says that these 24 elders who are sitting in the 24 thrones, who each have on a golden crown on their head that when the living creatures began to worship, it says that they took off their crown, which is their symbol of wealth, this golden crown, which is a symbol of their status and prestige. They took off their crown and threw it before the throne of God. These 24 elders took off their crown and said, he is worthy to be praised. And these 24 elders, they didn't say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, but they sung a different song. They said in verse 11, worthy are you our Lord and God to receive glory, honor, and power. Why? For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. The 24 elders teach us that the Lord is worthy to be praised because he is the creator. And I want us to see that they said, God, you are the creator. This throne that we're sitting in, this golden crown that we have on our head, Many of us achieve accomplishments, get things in our life. We buy houses, we get these. We think we have ownership of it because of all of the hard work that we did. But, 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 but we miss the fact that everything that we have was, was not because we worked hard to get it on our own. But everything that we have is because the Lord first gifted it to us in the first place. So when these elders were casting their, their crowns, at the throne, it was them saying, we are only here right now because of you, God. We are worshiping you because you are the creator God who has given us everything that we already have in life. And I know there are reasons to cry. I know there are reasons to sigh. I know there are um, 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 things that happen in our life that we feel like isn't fair. 
And it's oftentimes when these unfair things happen in our life that, 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 that we begin to question God and get mad at God and ask God these, these, these type of questions of like, why God, if God was good, he wouldn't have allowed this to happen. God did not answer my prayer in this way. But I want to let us in on something. By the fact that you have the breath in your lungs to question God in the first place is a gift of God being the creator. The air that we breathe is a daily second grace of his goodness that he is the creator. The fact that you was able to wake up this morning, brush your teeth, put on clothes, drive, hop in the car, come in the church, sit down, it's a gift from God being our creator, which makes him worthy to be praised. If you are sitting in your seat hungry, thinking about where you're going to eat, what you're going to eat, not if you're going to eat, there's a matter. There's a reason to shout and worship the one true God, for he has given us all that we have. He is the creator who not only created everything that we see, but he is the creator who sustains everything that we have. He's worthy to be praised. So John looked at the one sitting on the throne and in verse, and in chapter 5, he said, I looked at the one sitting on the throne, and the one sitting on the throne had a scroll in his hand. And it had seven seals on it. And an angel in a loud voice spoke, said, who is worthy to open this scroll? I did some research in my study in preparation for this to say, to try to find out what is this scroll? What's so special about this scroll? And there is not 100% certainty, but some speculate that maybe it's the book of life, which has every person who is going to be in heaven name written in this scroll. And this and it's sealed up so that no one actually can enter into eternal life yet because this scroll is sealed. Some say it's just God's future plans of of how he's going to bless the world and bless everyone, but no one is found worthy to open this scroll. So John says in verse 4, I began to weep. I began to weep because no one was worthy to open the scroll. And as I think about John you may not know this, I think about the pain and the suffering that he experienced in his life. Church history tells us that John was actually boiled in, in hot water alive, meant to kill him, but somehow he miraculously survived. And right now as he's writing this, he has been exiled on an island to live by himself as he's currently writing this. John saw Jesus crucified. John saw many people martyred. John has seen and experienced many terrible things, dealt, dealt with many hardships. And right now he is so close to receive the blessing of God, but he's weeping because no one, he's, He's come so far and so close, but he still can't yet grasp the final blessing of God. Is this, is this you? Can you relate to John? Um, 
You have done everything that you can, but life is just hard. <laughs> you are struggling to hold on to the promises of God, and all you can do is use all your energy to hold in those tears. It's Christmas Eve. It's the season to be jolly and giving, but you're just one bad day away from having a meltdown. You go to Christmas parties and laugh, but you're also hiding the tears of life burdens the entire time laughing. Or maybe this is the first Christmas without that loved one. Or maybe this is the 20th Christmas without that loved one. And the pain is still heavy. The tears of loneliness, wondering if you must spend the entire day alone. So many, so many things in life that just make you want to weep. And here John is weeping because he is so close to seeing the blessing of God, but the seal it's close. But then verse 5, John heard the voice of an elder saying, weep no more. For behold, the line of Judah, the roots of Jesse has conquered. And he can open the scroll. This is the second reason why we are to praise the Lord. The, the Lord is worthy of praise because he is the conqueror. He's not only the creator, but he's the conqueror. Verse 6, John said, look, I looked back at the throne and standing in at the throne, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. I saw this bruised lamb, this beat up, cut up lamb that, 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 that walked to the person sitting on the throne and he grabbed the scroll out of the one sitting in the throne's hand. And these 24 elders who were just singing a song praising, praising God for being the creator, it says they sung a new song. They said, worthy are you, Lord, to take the scroll because you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people to take, to, you ransomed people to God to make them a kingdom and a priest to God so that they may rule in the earth. I love this right here. I love the fact that the 24 elders sung a new song praising God without without the one, the lamb actually opening up the scroll. They didn't wait to see the blessings, the benefits of God to begin praising God. As soon as they saw the lamb who was slain, who has already conquered, that's when they began to sing this new song and say, worthy are you, Lord, to receive praise because you have already conquered. And that's news for us today because many times we, we, we only feel like we can be happy, we can shout, we can have something to smile about when everything in our life is going right. But, but this word tells us and teaches us that the Lord is worthy to be praised for who he is and what he has already done. He is the conquering lamb who has already, who was already slain and has already conquered. I don't think y'all heard me. Jesus, the lamb, has conquered. Jesus, the lamb, has conquered. He has won. I know y'all saying, Sir G, how can you say he's conquered when someone I love just died? 
pastor, how can you say he has conquered when I'm going to therapy weekly to deal with the terrible things from my childhood? How can you say he has conquered when I'm still dealing with these issues in my life? What has he conquered? But let me tell you real quick how Jesus conquered. Jesus was sitting in heaven at the right hand of God. And Hebrews actually tells us that Jesus passed through the heavens to take on the flesh. So Jesus passed through 42 generations from Abraham to Joseph. He entered the womb of a virgin. Look, teenage girl was, was, was in the womb for nine months, I'm assuming, and, and, and he took on flesh, came out. Hebrews tells us that he became like man in every respect. He became our great high priest. He knows everything that we know. He was tempted just as we are tempted. He suffered just as we are suffered so that he can help us in our weaknesses. Jesus was born. Jesus grew up. Jesus lived. Jesus faced loss. Jesus faced rejection. Jesus faced disappointment. Jesus suffered in ways many of you and me would never suffer. He was lifted up on the cross and he was stretched wide and he died. His body was placed into a tomb. We thought death and Satan had conquered Jesus, but we know the story. He got up that early Sunday morning to receive honor, glory, and power. Jesus has conquered. He is the lamb who was slain to do what? Make us a people for God. The Bible says of every nation, every language, every tribe, every political party, every source of income, if you place your faith in Jesus, you are ransomed to be part of God's people. And this, and this alone is the reason to rejoice. But yet, as my sister Kelsey got up here this morning to pray and she shared how this year has been hard. This year has been painful. Jesus conquered, but we still live in this fallen world where we got to endure. But I love the fact that Jesus came the first time to ransom a people for God. But Revelation tells us that Jesus is going to come a second time and he's going to make all things new and restore all of creation. That yes, we live in a fallen, broken world where it's, it's, it's going to be time to vote for a new president again next year. And we, I'm sure we all have the thoughts of like, I don't know who to vote for. I don't, none of these candidates um, um, have my full support because we live in a fallen world with a fallen system. But the Bible tells us that there is a new city coming that will have an incorruptible government. There is a new city coming that we will experience true shalom and true peace. 
There is a new city coming where all in it will, will feast in the house of Zion. There is a new city coming where there will be no war because God says, I'm going to make all war cease. I'm going to break every arrow and shatter every shield. There is a new city coming where there, there will be no more death, no more reasons to say goodbye. There is a new city coming where we will behold the one true lamb face to face ourselves and walk streets paved with gold. This is the hope for every believer in this season, whether it's a season of joy or a season of grief, that we can worship the one true God who is worthy to be praised because of what he has already done and what and, and all that he is. And as we turn our attention to the tables to partake in communion. It's a, it's a tangible and physical example, symbol for us to see what Jesus is, who Jesus is, and what he has done. He has shed his blood, his body was broken so that we may be seen, that we may be loved, that we may have an eternal hope. So as we turn our attention to the tables, I want to encourage us all to examine our hearts, to ask the question, what is stopping me from giving my all in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for who you are and what you have done. And Lord, I thank you that you being God in heaven still saw it fit to not only become the creation, but to subject yourself to suffering, to death, and even death on the cross, so that you may be the true propitiation of our sin, so that we may have hope even facing death, that we will live again in all of eternity. So God, I pray that as we leave here and think about the gifts and the time that we are going to share with family, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we do so with a spirit of thanksgiving because we have already received the greatest gift, and that's eternal life with you. So, Lord, help us today and be with us, Lord, right now. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be trusted. But with that being said, receive the Lord's blessing spoken over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Be blessed, downtown church.